Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome to the Dementia Care Partners podcast, brought to you by Relias Online Learning. I'm your host, Greg Phelps, along with Tifa Snow. And Tifa, our topic today is why is Alzheimer's dementia more common in women than men? Is it some sort of a psychological or physiological reason for that? Well, now that's an excellent question. Um, and it turns out there may be something. We're still figuring it out. We think it's related to estrogen. Estrogen. Estrogen, that hormone that females have more of than males. We also know that as a rule, um, average length of life for males is somewhere around eight years or so younger than women. Um, so men die eight years younger than women. So if that's the case, um, you're going to be out of the picture by the time your dementia would have developed. Um, and So it could be estrogen or it could be a numbers game or it could be... A combination. And it could also be lifestyle things um, related to women's life. And we go through a change of life that's a little different um, than men. Men change their testosterone level. Our estrogen drops dramatically. Um, and that tends to be a hormone that's also active in your brain and active in adrenal glands. So it signals a lot of shifts when it happens. Um, so menopause might actually turn out to be one of those triggering events for women. Um, and men experience it differently. It's not like you don't have any, but, you know, yeah, it's a little different. So does my risk factor go up the longer I live? Ah, interesting. Yeah. So it turns out that, you know, younger people have about a, for most Alzheimer's, is about a 5 to 10% risk. And you use the word Alzheimer's, so I'm going to stick with Alzheimer's. Um, when you hit somewhere around 75, those risks start cooking up a little bit there, you know, and by the time you're at 85, now we used to think it was all Alzheimer's, but now that we've learned about this L-A-T-E dementia, the late dementia, which resembles Alzheimer's, but is actually caused by a protein which causes uh, an alternate protein, 43 DTP or something like that. Um, I have to look up the specifics, but it's a latent encephalopathy, um, TDP, I think, 43. Um, so it's a different dementia. We thought it was all Alzheimer's. So it may actually only go up some, but this other dementia starts kicking into gear. So the risk of having uh, something that looks like Alzheimer's, but may not be the numbers game, is that it gets to where it's about a 50-50 by the time you're 85. I mean, you're about 50-50. And in some cases, the older you get, sometimes it, we don't know. It may actually go up to um, like 65-35. And the inspiration for us, though, is those rare people we see on TV at 103 years old, up dancing and singing happy birthday and socializing with the family, a professor still teaching college, a former Air Force pilot who is still out talking to the boys. But they're the rarity, unfortunately, rare. aren't they? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And there's some special things about those folks. They have some neuroprotective phenomena. They also have stayed incredibly active cognitively. And basically, even if they have a great gene pool, 
there's that. And they may have some neuroprotection. They may have a couple of the the Alzheimer's genes that are actually neuroprotective. So the the one that's the, the APOE twos rather than three, you know, like so there's alleles, there are different variations. So they might actually have a few protective phenomena or they simply may have a very low viral load or, you know, we don't know all the whys, but they are actually can't make it to like a hundred and not have some good luck as well as good genes in the mix. Now, I'm going to generalize here, and there, there's always a danger in that, but men tend to view work as their purpose in life, whereas women, most often, it's an ends to a mean because the family is still first. But for men, what can we do different to try and engage them to keep them active once they go through yeah. retirement or whatever? Well, yeah, one of our challenges is we didn't do anything before retirement. And the retirement opens up way too many hours in a day with nothing of purpose to fill it. So starting somewhere, I mean, the estimates are we should start about 15 years before retirement to really start looking at what will give you purpose when you leave this position that you're in. Uh, after retirement, what's going to give you a sense of value and purpose? And we've got to start building that into your habit and your routine. Or when you go to make the switch, it'll feel like too big a switch and you won't make it. Um, because there are very few men who actually enjoy living on a cruise for the rest of your life. I mean, you go on vacation for a couple of weeks or so, and then you're done with the vacation. and You want to come back and do some stuff. So the tricky part is finding what can give you a sense of value and purpose so that upon stopping this work phenomenon, you still have value and purpose. Some men, it's doing volunteer work in a field that's very similar to what they did. In other men, it's exploring a whole new area of becoming a master or skillful or a worker bee where I don't have to make the decisions now, but I get to benefit from being on the crew because I'd like to take a little heat off and enjoy this seat that I'm in now, because I, I used to do it, but it's been a long time since I got to be in that seat. I really like that seat. Um, sometimes it's service communities where men turn out to be amazing teachers, and so they find a service place, or they turn out to have uh, opportunities to volunteer in spaces of caring that they've never been able to be in before, because they had to go do this thing, and that's why grandparenting for some folks isn't a burden. It actually gets to be fun or grand dogging, grandparent dogs. Sometimes people enjoy that rather than the kids. Interesting article just a while back. Um, it was specifically, they said, for socially isolated older people uh, with mild cognitive impairment. And I can see it would have to be mild. Uh, they were saying 30-minute video calls four times a week improved cognition, uh, happiness, and brain connectivity. But I know that I've seen good experience with that, and I've seen bad experience. Good where people are able to connect, bad where people look at it and go, oh, that's a picture of Susie, and then they put the phone down, they don't understand that Susie's on the other end. So trial and error, I guess. Well, some of it's getting up with somebody who knows a little bit about brain changes and also about a, like a media like Zoom or a media like Skype and knows what it looks like to engage somebody and also has some skill at using voice and face and props. So, you know, I'm pretty good at that. So sometimes I can get people engaged in a way that 
causes them to want to stay. So even on the phone, hey, Greg, I have a question for you. Yeah, so most men fall for that hook, line, and sinker, right? Yeah, sure enough, because you always have, you know, I have a question for you, especially for you. So now, um, hummingbirds. I know you photographed some hummingbirds. How in the world do you get the pictures you get? Because I have tried. I've got the feeder right at the window. I've got the camera. And all I get is blurry action. So then this is where my expertise would leap forward and say, well, you adjust your shutter speed so you freeze the wings. Oh, okay. So <laughs> if you've got time, I would love to jump on a Zoom with you. I'm going to set it up because you could probably show me on my camera if I hold my camera. So in another form of engagement. Uh-huh. So, but that takes working with someone a little bit so that when I bring it to you, I bring it to you in a package you can unwrap. Because if I come and it's too complicated or it's stupid or it's like, you know how to take a picture. What are you talking about? Well, I got a new camera and I actually don't know how to get this one to work. I, well, I, think, <laughs> I've, I think I've heard you say... Um, uh, what is it? Doing with, not doing too? Is it? Does this apply in there as well? It does. And this is that whole idea of, you know, just because I want you to doesn't mean you will be able to. And just because I, I'm trying to make the call work, it doesn't mean it will work. The question is, am I getting you to be with me in the call or am I getting frustrated because I'm having a hard time and my voice changes from Oh, hey, Greg, to Greg, Greg, pick up the phone. Greg, I'm here. Oh, my God. Greg, are you listening? Oh, did he lay it down? This is why I don't know. You know, and so I'm actually putting out a lot of vibes that say you're not valuable, you're incompetent. And why would you want to talk to me? Just saying. Mm -hmm. So we, we've talked uh, about a whole bunch of different things in this in this one podcast. Yeah. Uh, if people want information on this, who do they turn to? Because I, I know that we we don't want to sit and read articles necessarily. Mm -hmm. You know, most of us want to discuss. We're sort of that social people now. Yeah. And so if you really like a group, I would suggest a support group. Now, if you're wanting to learn a little bit about this thing called brain change, you might try our care partner support group. Or if you've been in it a bit and you really are trying to figure out what the heck is going on now, you might try our GEMS series support group. I mean, so we do a support series for different abilities if you like groups. Or if you just want a one-on-one, -on -one, talk with one of us. You know, because you can get it consults at Tipa Snow, our 800 number, and you will end up talking with somebody who can help you sort of figure out where we are and figure out what gives this person a sense of purpose and value. What of what's going on might be something we should be curious about? How do we start now? Dad never had any hobbies. It's like, OK, did he care about his work? Yeah. What was his work? So we start asking questions to help with where you are in the moment not what you wish had been the case, because we can't go back and change history. We can start now and move forward. Tifa, thank you very much. Thanks, Greg. You've been listening to the Dementia Care Partners podcast, brought to you by Relias Online Learning. Relias has recently launched Tifa Snow for Dementia Education on Relias Academy for individual professionals. Search Tifa Snow at reliasacademy.com.